podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the final transfer podcast of this window on Anfield Index Pro, podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I am Trev Denny. I'm joined, as always, by the knowledgeable Dave Davis to chat about the last day of the transfer window and all the deals that have gotten done. We're going to do a big old recap, Dave. And I don't know about you, man, but I'm very impressed with the look that we've gone for here. I've got a little bright yellow, canary yellow off the shoulder number, a little bit cut above the knee, and you have a lovely matching tie a la Sky Sports. I think we're doing this right. Stay classy, Trev. Stay classy. You know it, man. You know it. Let's get straight into it, brother, and let's do the bad news first. It's like when you've got uh, a meal in front of you uh, and you know your mom's watching and you've got to eat those Brussels sprouts. Uh, just get them out of the way. Let's eat our Brussels sprouts. I happen to like Brussels sprouts. Isn't it not a great example? But let's 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 get the 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 less pleasant part out of the way first because it's going to be a roller coaster ride of crack for everybody else. Else, who are doing deals left, right, and centre? You had a very interesting stat that you uh, sent to me in a chat we just had uh, before the, sh- the mics went live. Make sure and regurgitate that one at some point, brother. But let's talk about Liverpool. Um, and one of my moments for our little end of pod chat uh, that I definitely have in consideration was the little revelation by Jürgen after the Brighton game where he dismissed in a semi-annoyed, semi-broken-hearted way, in my opinion, uh, the concept of us doing any business in this window. And for me, I can't believe it, but I still had some little inkling that we might do a last-day deal, uh, even if it was some sort of a loan we could all grumble about. But he just killed it stone dead, man, after the Brighton game uh it just seems as if there's not going to be any little last minute surprise for us at all yeah i'd I'd love to be able to to disagree on that in any way trev but yeah i think that's probably fair we killed it dead i think you're right you could see even in his face with the smile if you ask me personally i think he was almost seething privately trying his best to describe it but yeah (laughs) the way he smiled and said all good it was anything, but <laughs> let's be honest. So, yeah, 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 here we are. Nothing's happening. No chance. Uh, and so, of course, and so, of course, despite the fact that it will uh, irritate and annoy people to uh, no end, the com- the conversation, if we're being honest, Dave, the conversation had changed and pivoted to next summer many weeks ago. Uh, and I suppose if we hadn't been so, uh, you know, 
like it's the Liverpool fans' uh, default setting and possible curse to always retain hope. Well, most of us. There are some very, very uh, negative Nancys out there, but most of us, it's it's almost a feature of the Liverpool fan to have hope in a situation that even doesn't really seem to warrant it. Um, and so, if we were being completely honest, it was being messaged, it was being um, put out there by the usual suspects that there wasn't going to be anything after Gakpo. That's just the way it was. And now we have, obviously, the focus turning to summer. And like I said, that's going to irritate some people, but it's also going to be a source of further hope for others. And the chief hope, chief hope um, is, of course, uh, Jude Bellingham. And you've got uh, good old Fabrizio, um, spoofer extraordinaire. But you've also got Plettenberg there making comments about Bellingham, telling us a little bit, not telling us another little bit. Um, Plettenberg in particular had something to say. Uh, talk to us a little bit about these current um, Bellingham stories and how much uh, how much veracity you think there are there is to them. Yeah, I know. I know it's one that people, when they're listening to this, are going to think a you pair of clowns serious about summer, and I get that a little bit. But exactly as you said, Trev, it's been coming for a while, hasn't it? The, the talk of summer, and I know everyone's going to hit us with it's always next summer, etc. All that, but we've got to explore it. So exactly as you said, with Plettenberg, did a did a couple of interviews, but one that that really stuck out. And again, it might be almost a, a translation, a style thing, but mentioned that Liverpool and Bellingham is hot right now, which I'm pretty sure is a Rita Ora song at the same time, but that's a different subject. So he said that. Romano was also on a pod the other night saying that it is Liverpool leading the race. And to be fair, Trevor, as well, as, as we mentioned, it's not like a, something that's just come from nowhere. The tier ones have been saying all the time, you know, they're getting brief from the club. There's nothing more after Gakpo. It's all about the summer. And they've all been saying about Bellingham being the top target. Probably the, I thought about the way I want to phrase this. And I actually saw a tweet from Sam Maguire that I thought was absolutely brilliant only about 10 minutes ago. It feels like, and it's his words, so I can't pretend it's mine. Bellingham's gone from was the desirable thing, Trev, to the necessity the minimum requirement for the summer. We've talked about being all in on him, haven't we? And it does just feel that way. It doesn't mean that he's the only midfielder out there, but the club have almost backed themselves into this Bellingham corner. And if they don't get him, Christ, Trevor, we're just going to have to live in a nuclear shelter for a couple of weeks, aren't we, just to get over the fume, let's be honest. Oh, you've you've really nailed it there because that is it's gone be it's it's gone beyond uh, Van Dyke levels of uh, you're the one we want. Uh, we're gonna wait. Uh, and and the, with Van Dyke, it was the whole thing of oh Jesus, have we blown it? Um, only for it to to to, to come back. So there was that kind of hyper focus on this on this on this one particular player. And if we're being honest, Virgil has gone on to a, a superstar level since he's come to Liverpool um, from being a very very well respected footballer. But absolutely not necessarily thought of as like in the conversation with the greatest in the world or anything like that. Um, Bellingham already has that higher status uh, at this very young age, even than yeah. Virgil did. Regardless of what the, what you think of either player, it's just in terms of perception and, and 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 status. So it's just it's a remarkable one. It really is remarkable, and like you say, almost a, a minimum requirement now. And here's the thing: I remember when. Um, 
people were getting very excited and saying, well, what have we signed uh, Bellingham and Nunes in this window? And I remember thinking, God, I'm just going to piss on everyone's chips here now, but that's not exactly what we need. That would be wonderful, but we do need the Caicedo type. Uh, And and nobody wants to hear that. They don't want to hear it, Dave. So we're going to come back to this, and it's going to be the absolute core of, of our summer show together, for sure, is the rebuild or not rebuild that happened at Liverpool and let's hope it's the former there are a couple of things left to talk about in relation to the Reds first and I want to finish with a recurrent subject that we've talked about in relation to one particular player so let's get one other thing out of the way first there was a little bit of consolation Uh, I I shudder to suggest the whole um, like a new signing thing but there was a little bit of consolation in terms of a deal for Stefan Bacetic um, in in the week I think it was in the week Um, but he's not the only one that's um, involved in a little bit of a a deal currently so do we have any comings and goings or, or settlements there or do you know any of the ins and outs of the Stefan deal what's happening there? Yeah, I mean, it, it is good news. I know no, exactly as you said, no one wants to hear that, but it is great news that we've extended Wee Badge. I mean, for all the things that are going on recently, he's the ultimate positive to take at the moment, isn't he? Let's be honest from what we've seen. So fair play, we've got that wrapped up. And the other one is young Luke Chambers. Um, so a youngster in the sort of the youth team, predominantly left-sided, so plays left-back, left-sided centre-back. He's gone on loan to Kilmarnock for first-team experience. And probably, if anything, Trev, if anything happens in and outs now before the window closes, it'll be kids going places, won't it? Let's be honest. So maybe one to keep an eye off. But yeah, those two predominantly. Now, we need to focus our attention on one of our favourite chums around here. Um, We've taken up his cause as a kind of a personal issue. You and I have both been very vocal about, for the love of God, can we rescue Nat Phillips' career? And allow the fella to jog on. After all the potential Willie Wonty and him having to rein in his hopes in the past because of injuries and various other squad disasters, it looked like he was on his way. And now, yet again, injury strikes Ibu Kanate in this case. We're looking at a minimum of three weeks there for Ibu. And it looks like poor old Nat's got a st- Stay in place. Now, I don't know about you, man, but I'm seriously thinking of getting a little posse together and doing an extraction on that in the dead of night because I feel awful for the kid. I really, really do. Yeah, if, if he wasn't paid tens of thousands a week, I'd probably set up a GoFundMe page, to be honest, for the lad, because it just keeps breaking down. I mean, he must have unpacked and repacked that locker about 16 times a uh, Axer since this has happened, but yeah, in, in the weirdest move ever or the weirdest link ever, almost like a an old championship manager style. James Pearce comes out that he set to or close to Galatasaray. So that's a bit of a weird one with all options being explored, loan, loan with the buy option, etc. It's all mute though, isn't it, Trev? Like you said, let's be honest, Ibu's out. He's going nowhere. Just feel for the kid, really, don't you? Can't really put it anywhere. Anywhere, anywhere else, I suppose. Yeah, it's 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 one of those. I can imagine, you know. <sighs> Are you that person who has everything, the coolest merch, and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints, and coasters. 
all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. There's a kind of a grim acceptance, no doubt, on Nat Phillips's face tonight. As you said, like it's always so so uh, bad you can feel for a guy who's uh, getting paid quite a fortune to to train with some of the best players in the world and um, you know being in around Liverpool first team. But you know, uh, there's a grim acceptance there that you know it's going to be the summer before he can do anything, uh, and it's one we all share. <laughs> that is that is the current state of play for all of us who are Reds fans. And I think that frees us up now to go on a club-by-club spree around the Premier League, proper transfer deadline day final show, and go around and see if we can talk about all the clubs, certainly all the deals that we you have picked up on um, haven't been done. I'm not going to pretend that I do the hard work or the heavy lifting here. This is all Dave. Uh, and where else would you start? Only with Everton, who have had ultimate chaos going on. Uh, uh, the manager thing has been tremendous crack. Please feel free to mention that. They have lost their local gem that they were also fond of in a way that was quite ignominious and doesn't seem to have sat well with Everton fans, different statements and all the rest of it. You had put us wide to the fact that they were still looking to get some people in, probably because they knew Anthony Gordon was going. But can you do an Everton sum up for us? I know it's a big ask. That is one big sit of Cherry Pepsi Max, but here we go. So, yeah, for Everton, Trev, the new manager search, it turns to Bielsa, turns them down once, go back into sports, and then in the bizarrest thing ever suggests that he takes over the under-21s and his coaching team take the first team. Utterly bizarre. So that gets turned down. And then all roads lead to Sean Dice, which of course they would because we know Everton love hiring former Liverpool fans. So it's just natural. So you think new manager in, that's a, some consolation. It wasn't even the funniest way that the week started. The Dan Juma thing that they got him, it looked to coup. And then amazingly, Trev, he just didn't turn up to his medical. Absolutely amazing. Before anyone knows it, the boy's heading down to Spurs. Spurs is <laughs> scoring. It's just not, nothing could be more Everton than like, where is he last? He's like, I don't know. He's like, oh, he's not coming type of thing. Like, like he's playing five aside and his missus has called it off. Amazing. Then, like you said, the Newcastle Anthony Gordon thing. So apparently the local lad, as they have on the posters outside Goodison, for those who've seen it, who doesn't turn up for training, pretty much goes on strike. Then all of a sudden he's off to Newcastle for a deal that could rise to 45 million. So I'll let people make the decisions whether they think that's good value. So just incredible. And it doesn't stop there. They make an offer then for Conor Gallagher for similar money. A lot of people thinking that's going to go through. And the player says, no. So that ended that one quickly. And I've no doubt they are still scrambling around. Even 10 minutes before we started, they were in negotiations of trying to get Suleimana off Rennes and in negotiations against, I should say, Southampton. That fell flat. The player is now going to Southampton. 
And the one they've been linked with, and I'm probably going to butcher this, Trev, so apologies. I think it's pronounced Onoachu. So he's the top scorer in the Belgian league forward who's six foot seven. So quite a distinct player, but we'll see who pips Everton to him before the deadline as well. And that is the Ev in a nutshell. You think we're bad? Look across Stanley Park. It's really, it's it's just a tragedy of epic proportions on every level. And um, you're right, it does offer a crumb of comfort. I have to say, I won't I won't deny that I'm having a quiet smile to myself here and I, I don't care uh, that I'm indulging in schadenfreude because that's exactly what we're reduced to. We, I'll admit it, we're reduced to that because things are going so shite for us that we're reduced to getting a kick. I, I wouldn't normally indulge in that type of thing, but my God, any little sort of joy now I'm taking. Um, now, you mentioned Suleimane, uh, and Suleimane um, was... Probably, he'll probably decide, no doubt, that Southampton are a better bet than Everton. Uh, we know that they are absolutely looking at him, their Ren's uh, 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 kid. But is there anything else going on with Southampton in terms of trying to get anybody in? Yeah, they're, they're looking for goals, Trev. They've got Orsic already. They know they just don't score. They play some decent stuff, but if you can't stick the ball in the net, that's the the biggest criminality in football, isn't it? And you'll suffer. So clearly looking at Suleimana and the other one, it, it looks like in the last sort of half an hour, it's been updated. They were looking at the Braga striker, Bettinia, but it looks like they're going to be eating Marseille to the punch there. Brighton were looking at Bettinia as well, but looks like Marseille from the, the latest. It wouldn't surprise me if, if Southampton pull out some sort of loan move for a forward somewhere, but Suleimana looks like he's going there. And don't be surprised if they try for one more as well. Yeah, uh, that would make sense. And uh, obviously, just for full revelation, folks, we're recording this at seven o'clock on deadline day. So there are a few hours left for things to get done, no doubt. And this is just holding our hands up in advance, like we did about the Liverpool thing. I mean, what what can we do except tell you what's happening uh, and speculate a little bit? Um, similarly, there will be probably one or two that slip through the net on us here. If that's the case, that's the case. But we're going to try and be as comprehensive as possible. Uh, and speaking of which, we'll move to our next club. And this is, is Wolves. Uh there was a move which I believe you flagged up recently. Was it last week, week before? Um, for Wolves, uh, a bit of a coup where they have gotten one over on Leon. Yeah, young Joe Gomez, a player that had expressed an interest in us, funnily enough, a, a while back. And Leon presented the better financial deal with their new owner, but the kid was adamant that he wanted to, to come to the Premier League, play for Wolves. So that one's all done for them. There's naturally been the speculation as well about Neves, who in the summer, as well, I should say, he's been linked with us, hasn't he? But in the summer, he'll have 12 months left to go. So it pretty much feels as well that he'll be either signed the new deal, but more likely off. But yeah, definitely feels like they've almost got his replacement in, shall we say, Trev. But I think that's Wolves done for this window. It's funny you say that. And just to take a little diversion for a minute about being linked with us, I mean, most good players have been over the last couple of years. And then there's been this recent thing. I don't know if you noticed it, Dave, just since the rug was pulled completely uh, in terms of um, it seemed to be from what Kloppo was saying that there wouldn't be any, you know, buys as such. 
we were suddenly then linked with every single lad who was either out of contract or about to be out of contract. In other words, lads who would not necessarily have a transfer fee, uh, as if that's just a thing, as if their wages aren't uh, a real concern. People like N'Golo Kante and I think uh, the lad at Fulham who we had been dealing who we'd been linked with for quite a while in the past, those kind of stories started coming up out of the blue. Um, and I was just thinking, you know, we're a lot of things, but Todd Bowley, we are not. So, yeah. you know, you need to, you need to, you need to kind of get your ideas right. It's just, it's smacked of desperation. Now, Leeds have uh, decided to look around them and see where someone, where a, certain clubs might be hurting and see if they can twist the knife themselves a little bit to get a bit of value. Talk to us about what's going on there. Yeah, it's just crazy the way the Premier League dominates football now. You've got players moving from Juventus to Leeds. So also, Weston McKennies, the American midfielder, which obviously there's a natural connection at Leeds. Amazing, Trev. A £1 million loan fee. That's literally it. There's an option to buy that's estimated around the £35 mark, but... The actual fee is a £1 million loan fee, which makes you even think, like, what are we doing? But, yeah, he, he's gone there. I think he'll be a great buy for them, probably linked to all... Oh, sorry, great loaner, should say, for them. Linking up with Jesse Marsh, Tyler Adams, so... Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, one in the back for them. Now, second only, in my opinion, to um, Chelsea in terms of... uh, just rampant transfer activity, uh, throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks is Nottingham Forest, who are close to wrapping up signings 26, 27 and 28, I think, since the season started in, in terms of last window and, and this one, Absolutely. which is, it's outrageous, Dave. I mean, it's outrageous on so many levels. You have to admire the gumption, uh, and and I'm going to be saying things like this later on. It's going to rub people right up the wrong way, and I'm delighted about that because honestly, at this stage, if I've I've nothing left to do except annoy people because it's all so awful uh, from a Liverpool perspective. So uh, I'm going to be saying things about Chelsea and Todd Bowley that everyone will not agree with, and I'm I'm going to say them again here. I don't care whether it's a scatter shot approach. <laughs> It's a hell of an active approach, at least. And it's exciting for fans. Um, at least one big name in the potential incomings here. This is, you look at the names, Trevor, it literally is like football manager. And you think about Forest, who, big, big history, got to say that, a big history. But still, if you look where they are, so Kaylin Navas, the PSG keeper, the Costa Rican, 
it's still possible. It still could be done before the window closes. So that's possible. Amazingly, if they can't get that done, they're even asking PSG about Sergio Rico, their third choice keeper, because they need a new keeper with Henderson's injury that way. So they're looking to do business. This one's amazing. Felipe, the centre-back at Atletico Madrid, has pretty much signed. That's expected to just be done. It wouldn't even surprise me if we're recording and he's parading around in his shirt, but a centre-back leaving Atletico Madrid to Nottingham Forest. Do you know what I mean? He's not not really out the team. It's just insane. And then another one that got done, they've hijacked John Joe Shelby's move to Turkey. So they've got him from Newcastle. So it, Trevi wouldn't even surprise me if they hit or tried for number 30, you know, before the window closes. You you can't deny they're giving us entertainment. You can't deny they're giving us, you know, real, real just fun at times as well. But they're having a right go. They are having a right go, which, you know, again, just for the pure entertainment value for this show, I'm delighted about. And in general, just something to talk about. I mean, you know, um, do please note uh, club close to our hearts. Um, Leicester, however, you know, apparently are in a terrible, terrible way financially. And yet, Dave. And yeah, yeah, it's... Terrible way financially. We know they've borrowed money, secured on future income, and they're still buying players. So to go with the centre-back from last week, they've got Tete from Lyon, so that's a winger. And then it pretty much looks, I wouldn't be again surprised if it's done by the time this comes out, £15 million from Harry Souter, the Australian centre-back from Stoke. And they're even still trying to get Jack Harrison from Leeds. I don't know if that's a perm or a loan, but they're still trying. So... It's just crazy now. The likeliness is everyone's looking at Tealman's because ever since the summer, Trev, everyone's known like or expected something to happen, but it's still not. So now all eyes are on him. It'd be fascinating to see if he stays. Soyuncu, we said before, we, we sort of called it at the start of this window, Atletico Madrid wanted him on a free. So if those two stay, they're just running down the contracts. And the one important thing, maybe for, for Leicester fans, that is the person who is going to stay, James Madison, I, he's you know he's off in the summer. You, you put your house on it, but they got him till the end of this season. So crazy, a cash strap club that's borrowing against future income is doing more than Liverpool. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, it sums it up. It sums it up. And you're right, Tielemans and so and she wants to watch right up until the. Um, end of the window and it slams shut to use a uh, Sky Sports parlance. Um, Bournemouth, bless them, are even having a go. What's happening there? Loads. Yeah, the, the new the new owners, the US consortium are spending their money. So, Hamid Traore from Sassuolo, approximately €30 million. Euros. That's really close to being done, if not done already. They've just spent €20 million Euros on a Ukrainian centre-half and this show gives me a great chance to butcher names. So Zabariani, I think it's pronounced, so a centre-back in. And they've also got Matthias Vina on loan from Roma, who's a left-back. So they're right in it, and no one really gives them much of a prayer, uh, prayer to be honest, Trev, but they're having a go as well. They're all having a go down the bottom. <laughs> of course they are. Of course they are. Uh, now, a club whose uh, fortunes are very much under scrutiny at the moment uh, are Manchester City. 
and you know it looked like they were going to have not quite a Liverpool-esque season but one of those ones where they sort of underperform there was all sorts of questions about whether Guardiola needed Klopp and the pressure of Klopp breathing down his neck to really rise to the occasion with his teams and it looks like two of his uh, old guard is a bit strong because Guardiola, to be fair, does change his team up on the regular. But two guys who are absolute first-team uh, nail-on types, Cancelo and Bernardo Silva, uh, could be on the way out. Cancelo, for sure, has been linked with something very specific. And Bernardo Silva, we know, I think, is up for grabs. What do we know about both of those things? Is the Cancelo one done, for example? Yeah, that that what is is now done. I mean, it's just such a weird one, Trevor. It came from nowhere, didn't it? It just broke today, and but you know, as soon as it broke, but say a couple of minutes later, maybe there were suggestions about a training ground bust up. To yeah, that's that is what it is. He's not been in the first team. He's challenged Pep, and we know what happens when players challenge Pep. It goes one way with that ruthless streak. So he is gone on loan to Bayern. Suggestions are that there's an option to buy for something like 60 to 70 million. So everyone's praising that, but there's quite a few journals coming out and saying it's not a fixed fee. So it, you know, it will be negotiated. It's more just to get him out the door at this stage. Like you said as well with Bernardo Silva, that the suggestions are they, they even looked or talked about it this January, but full expectation is now that he does go in the summer as well, Trevor. We know Guardiola is, you know, doesn't hesitate, he will shake it up, as shown with Sterling, Zinchenko, especially the way his team's performing. And then the big one that's coming out tonight, again, it's a, for summer, but City are, are prime favourites for Rafa Liao, the AC Milan winger. So seeing him as a sort of Bernardo or the next one in on the rank, so to speak. So, yeah, City come from nowhere and, you know, they're going to be big this summer again as well. I was. I found myself asking a question, just only for me, and now I'm going to ruin it by saying it live on a podcast. Uh, but I was thinking, what would happen if you could get Bernardo Silva in on loan uh, at Liverpool? If we are reduced to that type of thing, and then I was thinking, well, personally, I I can't abide the fella. He's like one of my least favorite people. I can see he's a wonderful footballer, and for most people, that would win out. But I just don't think he's the. I don't think he passed the famous dickhead test at Anfield so uh, it it, it was a short uh, little uh, flirtation that I had in my head with the whole concept but it will be interesting to see if he takes uh, anybody if anyone takes a shine to him uh, in what's left of this window Um, if you're okay with it Dave I'm going to leave Arsenal till second last because there has been a really late move there that I see you've put popped in the notes and it probably deserves a little bit of chat uh, in regards to a certain midfielder that they've got uh, from a comparative rival. So we, we might well leave them till second last. Uh, so we, if we move on then, it's United next, um, who, like us, look to be reduced to loan moves at this point. What are we hearing coming out of Old Trafford? Yeah, it's to say that they've been skinned, they're reduced to loan moves, but being honest, Travis, they pull this off. What a loan move. It's something we should have been all over. Marcel Sabitzer, the Australian, Austrian even, international midfielder from Bayern Munich. We were linked with him a long time ago. Klopp's a, a known admirer when he was at Red Bull. Ericsson's out till March, but being honest, Trev, it's a great move. And all you can do when you look at this is go, 
how the hell have we not been in for that? You know, we were linked with Gravenberch, weren't we, the last week. It just seems like an exact move we should be making, which kind of just makes it all the more tragic where he's going or looks like he's going, doesn't it, in all honesty? Yeah, 100%, 100%. Very, very interesting to watch. And uh, couldn't agree more with the comments there. Tottenham are next for us. And... You and I speculated about how if Big Tone doesn't get his way, he tends to get a bit narky and cranky and uh, doesn't have the same restraint that it would appear Jürgen has when it comes to um, not talking about owners. It's been a source of much contention, actually, that specific aspect of the whole thing with Jürgen. People have their own conspiracy theories. Someone coming at me there today or yesterday was, I can't remember, talking about, um, I said something about how I felt sorry for Jürgen. And being a bit handicapped by this whole situation, well, it's his fault too, you know. Um, yeah, we do know. Yeah, everybody knows that. You have not broken uh, the uh, Enigma code open there. Fair play to you. That's hardly the point. The point is, he is still clearly hamstrung and he does have that famous loyalty. Um, but some people are going so far as to say, you know, oh, he's got some golden handcuffs there and he's been a company man and all that, whatever, you know. I- I, I, let's let can we just can we just go on the guy's previous character before we start uh, throwing any particular rocks in his direction? Tony Conte, however, is not a man who gives a damn about what anyone thinks, even owners. He will go out there. He's got his reputation. It, it, it's fairly intact. He can move wherever the hell he wants unless he completely destroys a club, uh, and he'll be in desir- He'll be desirable for any club next time up. It seems he's gotten his way here. Yeah, it's that way with Tony Conte. If he doesn't get it, he'll burn the place down. And it does seem like he's got his way. So the deal with Porro, an interesting one, the Sporting Lisbon fullback. So it was agreed. And then at the this Portuguese Cup final, and I'm sure Portuguese listeners will be destroying me on what his name is because I don't know apologies. Porro was seen waving bye-bye to all the sporting fans and it looked like it was done. And then it was announced pretty much the other day that the, the president of sport has changed his mind. He's pulled the plug despite it being agreed. But somehow it sounds like Spurs have got it back on, no doubt, at favourable payment terms to Sporting. So that's how money, you know business money gets done, all that type of thing. So we do expect that to happen. Also, at the same time, Trev, they made a bid from Hincapi, I think it's pronounced, at Leverkusen, the uh, South American centre-back, for approximately £25 million, but that got rejected. A lot of outgoings as well so Brian Hill has gone to Sevilla Jed Spence just before we came on has signed for a French club there as well on loan that was you know disaster a transfer for them wasn't it and the other one Oliver Skip is expected to depart so again he looks like he's got his way you know he's going to get the the fullback that you wanted all his posturing everyone thinks they're not going to give in to him but Daniel Levy does Every single time. Now, if Big Tone was getting his way and splashing the cash, getting the lads that he wants to get in, an awful lot of people, when a certain event happened with regards to ownership, were expecting Newcastle to just literally throw money at the wall the way that Manchester City did um, in their early days. And, you know, they had the the whole um, Sven... Ericsson era and Mark Hughes and these various lads who oversaw a, a lot of spending and a lot of flash big signing 
things as they tried to reinvent themselves. And it took, I think, Mancini coming in um, before they got that first title and uh, maybe a better calibre of signing again. Uh, Newcastle were expected to do the same, Dave, and they haven't really done it. In fact, it would appear that they have an almost boring, sensible approach to the transfer market. That said, I wonder how you would class the Gordon deal in relation to that. There's at least one other incoming, and we are learning a little bit, at least you have been learning a little bit, about a big name that might be on his way in the summer. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting one. Anthony Gordon for 45 million. There's been quite a few people commenting on this. For all their failings, this is a great bit of business for Everton, honestly. I, I, he's quick. There's no doubts about that. You know, if Tom Daly ever wants to change career, we've got a ready-made replacement. But other than that, Trevor, I just don't see it with the kid at all. And they've also got, like you said, it's, it's almost exciting business, but Harrison Ashby, so about three million fullback from West Ham. Now, the weirdest thing is, with Gordon coming in, there's really, really strong suggestion, especially in, in that sort of part of the world or from journos in that area, that Alan St. Maximin is probably going to be the one to make way in the summer, that he's, you know, since he's come back, been in and out of the team, that it's quite sort of settled, they want Gordon there. And there's really strong suggestions in that part of the world that Sam Maximin is going to be the one to move on, which I'm going to be honest, Trevor, if someone offered me the two players, it's Sam Maximum every day and twice on Sunday, for my opinion. But yeah, very, not strange, just you kind of expected a bit more razzmatazz at Newcastle. And it's not quite happened, but at the same time, they'd be arguing and say, look at their performances, the clean sheets and all that. But yeah, just maybe surprised it's only Anthony Gordon and Harrison Ashby, but you never know. Yeah, I think maybe if it wasn't for the fact that I have my suspicions that the sensible nature of the business so far will go right the fuck out the window in the summer with Newcastle, I think there'll be a blitz. Um, I would say that they would get it hard to move St. Maximan on in terms of fan opinion, if indeed they give a shit about it, because they love their heroes down there. And that kid has been become one, right? A bit of a local idol um, for good reason. You know, he's a very entertaining player to watch. I, I think in, in, in a different situation, they might find it hard to not have a bit of backlash about that. But I think there'll be lots of shiny new toys. That would be my prediction for Newcastle, that the sensible nature, perhaps, of the shopping may well go out the window. As I think, and maybe I'm very cynical, may the manager, if they can find someone of a big enough stature to a point in the summer, I have no doubt that they will do it. So I would say watch this space. Uh, maybe that's controversial. I don't know. However, nobody does controversy like our pal Sweeney Ton. He finishes our... Uh, oh, no, 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 no. I've missed out. I've missed out because I forgot Arsenal. How can we forget Arsenal? Let's do Arsenal. Um They've got one over the line today, which is a controversial one, and some may say a fantastic signing. Others who lesser rate the player may not agree, but they've done some business. Dave, talk to us about Arsenal's window and what you reckon to it. Yeah, it's a, an interesting one. I still can't make up my mind, but Jorginho were from Chelsea for up to £12 million is the talk. So the midfielder they wanted, especially with injuries to El Nene and Partey had the the knock the other night. I mean, the one thing that 
that we almost expected, wasn't it, that Caicedo was going to be there, that they had the beard, then the second one rejected, as Ornstein said, for about 70 million. And that seemed to be like, surely they're going to hit that 75 million mark that's been talked about. So I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. (laughs) This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Then Caicedo posts the message, doesn't he, on Instagram saying, I want to leave, put, you know, putting it on Tony Bloom, which probably might have been his greatest mistake looking back on it. Whatever his new agent told him, he wouldn't really be a person to take on that way. And maybe that's rang true from what's happened. So the suggestion is, can't really see anything unless Sweeney Todd picks a crazy move for him. So Caicedo's staying put. But what, what I honestly think is they're at the top. They're trying to strengthen. They've looked at options. They've not got their first choices, but they've not stopped. And I actually think if someone had said to Arsenal fans, listen, you are where you are. You've got a bit of gap on City. And we're going to bring in experience in the form of Trossard and Jorginho. I think Arsenal fans would have probably thought for a second, maybe there's a few others, i.e. Caicedo and that type. But I think they'd have been happy, Trev, in all honesty. It's just a bit of experience. Jorginho's won things as well. Good players. I see it as a good window for them personally. I'd agree. I'd agree. I mean, uh, they seem to be doing the thing of trying to strengthen while they're already strong and in in the ascendancy. And the comparisons to uh, Liverpool and the way that we used to play uh, and the buzz about them... are endless and heartbreaking on so many levels. I can't even begin to tell you. If you had told me, Dave, two years ago that we'd be in this situation and Arsenal would be in the situation they're in, I probably would have snickered quite hard in your direction. And yet here we are. This is this is our reality, my friend. And um, you know, hats off if they are doing business. If they get the Caicedo thing done, as you said, Jorginho. Like I said, people will have their opinions on him, but, you know, he could come in and do a really good job for them. Who knows? Now, there's only one way to finish a the last transfer podcast um, of the window, and that is with our friends at Chelsea and the transfer artiste extraordinaire, Sweeney Todd. He has, and the club have, had a window which is unmatched. Uh, if the two the last two together, 
it's remarkable stuff. Their spend, I think it has upset some people so much. Dave, I'm just going to throw a few things out there. You can respond to them however way, whatever way you like. It's upset people so much because it, it, it is, it's a crass and vulgar amount. And it really does, of course, I suppose, highlight the fact that it's, you know, a different game if you've got that funding and that finance behind you. Um, and it can be seen as um, uh, sort of financial doping, I guess, in a way. However, I've also seen an awful lot of people who, who are more or less looking at the players and saying, well, this is just scattershot. They're just going for all these great players. They're giving them these ludicrously long contracts. They're not thinking about it. They haven't a clue what they're doing. I'm always a little bit wary of being too uh, sanctimonious when it comes to stuff like that because they probably know a good bit more than you do, whoever you are who's making that comment, given that they are being paid quite handsomely for that job. Um, And regardless of whether they don't or they do know more than you. I don't know, Dave. I just would prefer to be in a world where my club was firing around money and be in a place where I could say, Jesus, that guy may not be a success for us, rather than there are no guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I I can't buy into this um, sniffy, haughty, well, I mean, to me, that just doesn't make any sense. Uh, there's no logic to this uh, from a football perspective. Uh, dude, I don't know. I don't know if I give a shit. I think I'd want my club out there firing money at all the best players and let's see where the chips land. I understand that's very simplistic. And obviously you would like a bit of nuance. And obviously we've had that in the past. But it's absolutely not something I'm going to look down my nose at the for you can take the moral perspective all you like but i'm not going to look down my nose let's just assume that money is a reality from there if you're willing to spend it i say hats off and this guy has given us a window and a half to chat about now i put a lot out there you talk us through your take on chelsea's window my take on chelsea's window is i'd use some of the words you use people would see it as crass and i almost see it as that they've been very aggressive but The one thing that football fans are, and we know this, Trev, is they can be sanctimonious and they can be hypocritical any day they want to be. We know that about football fans. Let's be honest, we'd all love Liverpool to be spending, maybe not exactly like this, but looking at players and thinking, we want these players and going after them aggressively. Maybe, like you say, not quite as scattergun as that, but, you know, they know that they want players they want, they are going for them. Whether you agree with that or not, there's something admirable in it for me. You know, probably won't be a popular opinion, but that's my honest thought. Same time, Trev, we we anyone who sort of buys players in this style or manner, we go after, don't we? Whether it be like oil state clubs, golf, you know, whatever you want to call it, people who spend money, we go after them. Do you know what? If they've got the money, it's there to spend. <laughs> I won't mention about financial fair play because that's probably a different topic, but they're giving us entertainment. You know, they're, they're trying to build whether they think it's the right way. You know, if they think it is fair play and people would disagree, but they've got the money and they're spending it. Fair play to them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely fair play to them. Uh, I mean, is there anything that we have in terms terms of details that's new that's last minute have they pulled the stroke even right at the death that we haven't noticed do you think there's potential business there for them to do even before the uh, the window closes 
Oh, yeah. Li- literally, the Enzo Fernandez thing, that craziness of when it all collapsed and then because they wouldn't pay the release clause and now they're back in and now they're negotiating paying the release clause. And even just where we started, there was talk that he's having a medical almost as precaution in case the move goes ahead in Portugal for it. So that could still break down. It wouldn't surprise me if, you know, it gets done. They've even talked that they'll go back in for Caicedo again, the, the death. So... I can't see that one happening. I think Tony Bloom's going to stand firm on that. We know about Jorginho. Ziyech, Hakim Ziyech, set for a PSG loan. They're just trying to finalise the sort of terms on that. Conor Gallagher, that's still a possible late move. We know he's turned down Everton, but it wouldn't surprise me if a Palace or someone like that tries to, to come in at the last minute. We've been told Mason Mount, you know, is going nowhere in that regard. They also they even inquired about Sabitzer along with United. That you know that was quite a few sort of journos that that broke that one as well. And an interesting one that was also mentioned by a few reliable sort of Chelsea connector journos was that as they're trying to change this squad trap to make it younger, you know, different profile, that the likes of Aspilicueta and Pulisic, Pulisic can pronounce his name, have been told that in the summer they'll likely be off. That they almost breaking up those established stars, if you want to call it that. So they're going to make moves right till the deadline and they're going to make moves in summer and they've been entertaining. Simple as that. Yeah, bless their cotton socks for keeping us in stories week after week. It's borderline madness, but I will take it over um, apathy and uh, tumbleweed every day of the week. Now, we have... A couple of categories, Dave, for conversation. A couple of awards, in fact, that you wanted to um, put to both of us and see if we have uh, any agreement on them. The categories are hero of the window, worst part of this transfer window, and favorite moment of the transfer window. So let's start with category one. Let's get your hero of this transfer window. I, I tried to think of any reason not to give it to this person. But for those who love football transfers, how can you not give this to Sweeney Todd? He has swept all before him. He has kept us talking week after week. He doesn't stop. I mean, I think I said that they're spending set to go above 600 million, you know, for the last two windows, which is something like, Jurgen Klopp spent in the last five and a half, six years type of thing. I really tried, Trev. I really, really tried. But I just can't see anyone, Bar Sweeney Todd, being the hero of this window. No, and I've already said too much. I've already pretty much agreed with you on this. This is completely uncontroversial and one of which I have to agree. Like, I mean, just even from our own selfish perspective, the guy has given us so much to talk about on a week-to-week basis. Um, You can pull apart the uh, sense, logic, uh, wisdom of the approach. You can talk about the morality of it. You can get up on your high horse and and talk about financial doping. And you'd be well within your right to pursue all of those avenues. And occasionally I probably will myself, but purely from an entertainment point of view, there literally is no other choice. How could there be any other choice? So I think that's unanimous. Uh, I think we both agree on that one. So we don't even have to pick a winner from between us because for me, it's undoubtedly Todd Bowley. Now, from the hero 
throw off the window to the worst part of the transfer window for you? What was the low point? Low point, and I was thinking about that then, Trev, actually, because there's been a few, and I, I had a few written down, but I'm going to be honest on this, brutally honest. Probably when it slams shut tonight, just the sheer lack of backing for Jurgen Klopp by FSG. We, we could use all sorts of phrases like asleep at the wheel, that type of thing, but to not even give him a loan signing, you know, something to just force him to even you know this whole even if it is for the summer whatever they've just not backed him personally that's my honest belief I also think it's it's all just gearing up for sort of the sale investment the full focus is on that Mike Gordon's gone back to the US they've just left him hung him out to dry so yeah unfortunately I wish I had something else but for me that's it so you're going for when it closes tonight and what it'll do in terms of how you reflect on the ownership's lack of backing for the manager. And of course, mine's going to be a little bit related to that. And just on that topic, um, Dave, we just just we should just tr- throw it before we do finish uh, because it's very relevant. Um, I think I personally would have had all of the badness and sadness completely ameliorated um, if over the last couple of days, we had gotten a confirmation of the intended deal, if indeed there is one, if we had gotten some sort of clarity around the future of the club, but instead it drags on. And now we look at the summer and we're all we're already wondering, well, who's in charge of the funds? And we're hearing stories about Julian Ward and he's doing great work and it's going to be seamless. But this is a kid with his eye on the door. He's on his way out so it's all very very frustrating and i just wanted to ask you that question like would that have covered a multitude of sins for you would you have been able to sort of i don't know accept what currently seems to be almost a a willingness to write off the season i think a lot of people have changed over the last couple of days in their outlook on 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 the ownership when there's not even loan signing coming in i think a lot of people are, are, are have have definitely sort of switched in terms of their their allegiances a little bit would it have been a a consolation to you even if that was the one thing that had gotten sorted over the course of this window yeah it probably would have been i thinking what could have almost retrieved it if we're not going to make signage you'd have to think something like a bellingham pre-arrangement whatever you call it pre-agreement something announced with that or even that we were pretty much you know we're in now advanced negotiations with this potential investor to, you know, invest, take over, something like that. So one phrase, again, I'm stealing a phrase I saw on Twitter. There's just a deafening silence coming back from FSG, isn't there really, Trev? It's just, there's nothing coming back. And all that happens is there's just uncertainty throughout the club from top to bottom. You can clearly see that, like Julian Ward, all this nonsense is doing good work. The guy's probably on gardening leave for all we know. You know, when a, when a guy's got six months in a senior position at a company, is he making influential decisions? Is he hell? He's usually excluded, isn't he? That's the way business works type of thing. So, yep, just nonsense, Trev. It's just a deafening silence. It looks like asleep at the wheel, all those platitudes you can throw out. I can't think of anything good to say about it. I've got to be honest. 
Now to rein it back in and get back on track and keep to the schedule and your your um your second award there, which was of course uh, the low point of the uh, transfer window for me, there was a lot of them um, that you could have chosen from. I like where you went with it because it's um, you, you're picking a moment from the future, but it's an inevitable moment nonetheless. Uh, for me, it was the harsh reality of Big Joycey tweeting about there being unlikely to be any more movement. It's between that, actually, and the post-Brighton comment by Klopp, that we've already talked about, because what that did is it reached into my chest and took the little bit of hope that was in my heart and crushed it, um, that we might have something joyful to talk about, you and I, on this last window from a Reds perspective. But that quote from Klopp, the way he said it, there was all sorts to read into that, as we've already both surmised, there seemed to be a, an element of disgust, of 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 barely tolerating it, of of irritation, all those type of things. Um, so I think that one wins out for me because I would I was barreling along here thinking, look, I don't care if myself and Dave only have a couple of loans to talk about. At least it's something. Uh, and I really believed that was going to happen. I really did. I thought, look, it'll be stuff that will annoy people. They'll be saying, what's the difference between this and an Arthur Mello type thing? And that even that was denied us. And in advance, a full good few days in advance. So for me, that was absolutely my low point was, oh, oh God, it's literally over now. There is no further hope. So that was the one for me. And now we'll leaven it a little bit, the tempo and the tone by finishing on a high point. Your favourite moment of the transfer window, Dave? Because, I mean, as Liverpool fans, I suppose they're, they're, they're few and far between, but maybe it's got nothing to do with Liverpool. What was your favourite moment of this window? Yeah, is, is it, I had a few that sort of went through on my, my shortlist. And I thought, you know, there, there was a favourite moment. I... I said Cody Gakpo's signing was on my list, but we had all assumed Trevor would be followed by a midfielder, let's be honest. So that's why it was on there to start with. So I can't really keep that. I thought the wheel of favourite was good old Sweeney Todd when he proposed a player exchange with Tottenham for Bissouma and was told that's not really how it works <laughs> in UK football. That was a favourite. But the one I've gone for, and I, I, just because I like it, I think it's amazing, that Dan Juma had agreed the deal to Everton and just then didn't turn up for the medical and went to Spurs. I just thought that was brilliant when that came out. Just didn't turn up for his medical. I thought, God bless the app. They can still make us look good somehow. So, yeah, definite favourite one for me. Well, I think if we had a tie in the first one and it was undeniable... I can't really split personally between our choices on that second question. They're both equally crushing uh, moments. So I'd, I'd give us a tie on that. Uh, but this one here, I think I'm going to veer towards giving you the one. I think that Dan Jim one's fantastic. And I actually just, I found myself uh, having a little giggle even as you were re- reliving it there. Uh, so that one for me probably wins. However, for me, the high point of the window was... As it turns out, a moment of grand delusion on the part of all of us where there was that exciting night where it looked possible 
that Enzo Fernandez and Jude Bellingham might be signed in this window in an act of raucous abandon and anti uh, anti anything that we've seen in the past from our owners. And there was that like there was just that one window. It was like this thing got traction and uh, it, it seemed to grow a little life of its own, almost like an egregore. And it was like, oh my god, what is this? Is this going to happen? Is this real? You got up the next morning. It was sort of starting to fade, and then by the end of the day, it was gone. However, for that little while, it was exciting, and I allowed myself to crest that wave for a while. But it wasn't real, and therefore, I don't think it counts. So I think you win overall with the Dan Juma one there. Dave, it has been emotional, my friend. We've gone through an awful lot over these shows. I've enjoyed it immensely. Uh, Great working with you on them. Uh, Anything you want to say in wrap-up? No, you just hit me in the feels there, Trev. To be honest, exactly the same, mate. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. It's it's been actually entertaining, and it's almost been cathartic because of the, the lack of action, hasn't it, from our owners, from the club, etc. So it's probably kept us a little bit sane at times as well. But yeah, everyone's been a pleasure, mate. Definitely. A hundred percent. And I hope you, the listeners, have managed to knock a bit of crack out of it as well. We've tried to present. Uh, everybody else doing bits in the most entertaining way possible so that you can vicariously enjoy a transfer window through other clubs uh, if we can't actually manage to do it ourselves. However, I guess we did get Cody in. Hopefully, at some point, he will turn into the player we're supposed to be seeing. Maybe if we played him on the wing, Jürgen, but that's just a little suggestion from me. Who cares what I think? I want to finish up by saying, like I said, it's been a, a pleasure doing these shows for you. We'll be back with this show in the summer when hopefully we're going to be talking a lot more positively about a lot more action from a Liverpool perspective. But for these uh, particular bunch for this window, I want to say thanks to Dave Davis. It has been tremendous. So let me finish by just saying that. Cheers, Dave. Cheers, mate. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index, and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.